could be a lot of different reasons why employees choose to do things that go against your policies or procedures. It might be really helpful to understand what their motivations are, what their needs are, so that you can make adjustments in the way you're managing your company and have better outcomes. Welcome to What's Wrong With Your Business, a podcast where we examine the problems that keep business owners up at night. From long-term strategies to risk management tools, you'll hear a variety of ways to identify what could be going wrong and how to adapt in a rapidly changing market. I'm your host, Grace LeConte. I'm a consultant, futurist, and writer on topics related to healthy feedback loops, workplace equity, and creative communication strategies. This is episode 12, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. You may have heard about the hierarchy of human needs, which was developed by a psychologist named Dr. Abraham Maslow in 1943. He believed that all humans are motivated by five types of things, and his first concept was that each of these needs built upon the other, that if the first level wasn't met, then the rest of the four couldn't be met, and if the first two weren't met, the rest of the three couldn't be met, etc. But... um, There are different ways to look at this hierarchy of needs. So in this episode, I'm going to explain what the five levels are and a few different theories on how you can apply that to your understanding of your business and how you can both motivate your employees to do what you want to get done in your company, but also how you can set up a system that rewards your customers and creates an environment where they want to buy from you. You've probably seen this concept as a pyramid where at the bottom level is the physiological needs we have for breathing, food, water, sleep, homeostasis, basically everything that we need to exist to continue surviving. The next level up is called safety, and that would include having your physical body be secure, having employment or resources you need to live, the uh, safety of your family, having good health and protecting your property. The next level up is belonging. So in this social belonging, which is also called love, this would be things like friendship, family bonds, and intimacy. It could also include having relationships with colleagues or feeling like you belong to clubs or religious groups, social circles, and other environments where people gather. The fourth level is called esteem, and this is where we have a need for being recognized, for having confidence in our own abilities, for achieving goals. And it can also include status and respect as we perceive it in others. So Dr. Meslow created two levels for this. The lower level would include status, fame, and attention, and he had a higher level that would be competence, mastery, and independence. The top level of the pyramid is called self-actualization. So this would be our fulfillment of our own ideals, our ability to be creative, to make art, to engage in discussions about morality, to solve problems, to overcome prejudice, and to achieve things that are beyond our normal confines. So The history of the hierarchy of needs is interesting. Dr. Maslow first came up with this concept as being different levels that we can only achieve after we've completed the previous one. 
So if your physiological needs are not met, if you don't have enough food or water or sleep, you can't move up to safety or belonging or esteem or self-actualization in his original concept. But as we all know, if you've ever had a lack of sleep from having young children or if you've gone without food, it is possible to move into all these different levels at various times, even if you're lacking in other levels. Over time, Dr. Maslow did make some adjustments to his original concept. He believed that the physiological and safety needs were called basic needs. The belonging and esteem needs were psychological needs, and the self-actualization was self-fulfillment, or he actually believed in transcendence, that we could go beyond ourselves. So that would include altruism, spirituality, and reaching an infinite and holistic level of human consciousness. He also divided the different groupings into two sections. The first four levels, physiological safety, belonging, and esteem, could be grouped under what he called deficiency needs. So in his belief, we are less motivated as these needs are met. But the top level, self-actualization, would have more motivation as that need is met. So basically, we are more motivated to become self-aware and to have an outpouring of artistic and creative experience as we meet the top need. So that is a short summary of what Maslow's hierarchy is all about, but how in the world do we apply this to business management? Well, first I want to explain a couple of criticisms to this theory. Um, the first one is that in different societal constructs, the especially collectivist societies, this really doesn't apply in the same way, especially the social and intellectual needs that different societies expect and reward. In a collectivist society where individual needs and rights are not as important, and it's more important to have the rights and needs of the group met, then rewarding individual accomplishments is not seen as something that would be that wonderful and something that we should aspire to do. So that's one criticism. Another one is, of course, the concept that a lot of people have come to believe, which is that we must meet the basic needs and the safety needs before we can move on to belonging and esteem and self-actualization. And technically speaking, we don't really need to meet all of those needs in order to move through all five levels. And I know that's kind of splitting hairs, but it is really important to understand what these needs can do in decision making. And that's what I want to explain today as it applies to risk management. As I've discussed in previous episodes of this podcast, risk management is a really complex but also fairly straightforward process. It's the step-by-step -step method of evaluating every possible way that things can go wrong and ways to understand the signals that something is going wrong before it can actually turn into harm. So we have a lot of different tools that we can do to, to make sure that we are aware of those. One of the best is to have feedback from devil's advocates and especially from staff at the bottom of your organization. I've discussed that in episode 7 on honeybee, scorpion, and nuclear employees and also episode 9 on devil's advocates. But we also can use different tools to understand how people are motivated. When you think about why your employees choose to not follow certain rules or why they may decide to quit without warning or why you may have clients or customers that aren't 
following your process or who really give you a hard time or aren't fulfilling what you think they should be enjoying out of the benefits of the services or products you sell, it can be very helpful to go back to the needs that each person has. I've taught a course on understanding difficult patients and difficult customers. And one of the things that I really enjoy explaining because it has helped me so much in my different roles in healthcare management is to go back to the hierarchy of needs and consider different areas of that hierarchy that aren't being fully fulfilled for that person at that time. So let's just use, I'll use an example. Let's say that James is a customer of yours and he's come in and he's very upset. He has ordered something and it's the wrong size and the wrong um, type of product from you. So he's really frustrated and he comes in demanding a refund. So the first thing that of course your staff is going to try to do is apologize and try to right the wrong. You know that you probably have a process for how to deal with a customer that's unhappy. So you're going to go through steps to try to remedy this with trying to understand how this happened and how you could correct it and what you can do differently. But let's say that James is very intent on just making sure that everyone hears how upset he is. He's not interested in getting a refund. He wants to completely change this process so that no one else has this problem again. At this point, the the challenge is to fully understand what the motivations are that may not be obvious from the outset, but also to make sure that the customer has an experience where even if they're being unreasonable in the moment, that can be totally turned around so that that person has a good final outcome. And a lot of times when customers are unhappy or patients are upset or anyone that you're serving is not satisfied, it comes from an unmet need that they may have through their experience with you or it could be something completely different that has nothing to do with your company. But it's still going to present in an experience that they will attach to, that they will blame on what your company is or is not doing for them in that moment. So fortunately or unfortunately, getting a sense of the psychology behind why customers make their decisions can really help you to set up these systems where you are fulfilling as much as possible the needs of customers so that you don't have the risk of a meltdown where a customer is going to blame you for things that weren't even your fault or they may put out a a Twitter post or a social media blast or in some way insinuate that your company has completely done things that are wrong and unethical and that other people should not shop at your store. So in order to understand this fully, we can get a sense of the fears that have to do with these needs. And I'll get into that in the next episode about our fears, but also the feelings that go behind it. So I'd like to just bring over a cross section for physiological needs, the feeling that's behind that is that the person will cease to exist. So that could be one factor. The next factor is safety. So the feeling behind that is I'll feel invaded. I will feel that something will hurt me and I don't have the power to get myself safe. The fear behind this is called mutilation. And again, I'll get into this in the next episode, so don't worry. But safety is a really important need. The absence of safety can actually lead to post-traumatic stress disorder, 
which is very common, especially in transgenerational trauma, in war, in family violence, childhood abuse, institutional racism, food insecurity, and economic crisis. The vast majority of people around the world have experienced at least one traumatic experience in their lifetime, and many people have experienced three or four or more. Even one traumatic experience can lead to a disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, where decision-making is impaired because the trauma affects the brain's ability to feel safe, even if their safety is taken care of later. The belief in the brain's ability to make decisions is affected by the trauma. So again, this is a very important thing to consider when you're trying to understand why people make decisions why your employees may be making decisions, why your customers may be, be, be making decisions that don't make sense. It could be coming from a feeling of a lack of safety, even if the situation looks safe from another point of view. Safety can also include emotional safety, financial safety, good health, or protection from illness, accidents, and other types of threats. So again, looking at this from a risk management point of view, if your purchase process does not take into consideration how people will feel safe buying products or services from you, from your business, then that could lead to potential problems in making sure that they have a good customer relationship, that they will feel comfortable purchasing from you year after year. And even if it doesn't make sense from your point of view as an owner, Understanding how other people may perceive this is very important in setting up a company that has repeat customers and that you have a strong brand that can serve people's needs over time. The next level of need is belonging. So the fear here, well, we'll get into the fear in a second. The feeling is I'll get rejected. I won't belong. People will kick me out. The fear is separation. So in belonging, what people really need is to not be lonely, to not feel neglected or ostracized. And even in a business situation where you're providing services or products, you can develop this by creating a friendship, a social group, a, a sense of business intimacy where you really do understand deeply the pain and problem that your service or product can solve. And by creating a pathway for people to find the solution in what you're offering, you can bridge that gap of the need for belonging. So this is a trick that a lot of, um, a lot of businesses use, and some of them do it in a pretty detrimental way. So as I've talked about in episode five, which business models are predatory, there are many ways to do this in a way that takes advantage of people and that is very harmful and can lead to a lot of destructive behavior. But you can also consider applying these principles to your business in order to create a truly healthy relationship with customers where they benefit from the value that you can provide. The fourth level of need is esteem. The feeling if esteem is not provided is I'll get humiliated. I'll be made fun of. My belief that I could do something will be dashed. People will not recognize me. 
So you may not get the attention or fame that you expect or want. You may not feel competent. You may be told you're a fraud, which is a fear that most of us have, right? So the fear, the main fear here is called ego death. It's that our own belief in ourselves will cease to happen. So uh, there is a lot to unpack in that one. Esteem is being recognized for something that we offer, for something that we are, for something that we can contribute, but also something that we, uh, that we believe about ourselves that we'd like others to see in us. So an expectation here would be that we are respected, that others hear us. And this, again, and you apply this in a business sense, it's so wonderful when a business reaches out, not just to take your money, not just to take advantage of your ability to buy something that the business can sell to you, but also that they really hear you. They hear what your needs are as a customer. So as a business owner, you can unpack this concept and find out what the needs of your customers are and how they'd like to be respected in that process of exchanging their hard-earned money for the service or product you provide for the value that you can offer to solve a problem, but to do that in a respectful way. And the final need in the hierarchy is self-actualization. The feeling in this is, I won't be myself. The fear is a loss of autonomy. So autonomy is the ability to be separate from others, the ability to be independent, to be alone. And again, this is a bit different depending on whether you're in a society that is collectivist or individualistic, but it's still a human need that we want to feel individual in our own way. We want to feel freedom to have thoughts in our own heads that are apart from what other people tell us to think and apart from what other people tell us to, to feel. So the autonomy here is the choice that we have to do things, the empowerment to create things on our own that we aren't forced into decisions. So again, you can translate this to business decision making. When you think about how customers are coming to decide to buy from you, they don't want to be forced into it. They don't want to have you, your answer be the only answer. They'd like to consider many other options, but eventually, of course, you would like them to use yours. So the trick here is to create an opportunity for them to invest in what you're providing as a solution that makes them very confident that their decision is going to improve their situation, but that they're doing it as an individual decision, that they're not forced into this, and that they can make their own unique choice by selecting your service or product. That is an overview of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, Physiological or Basic Needs, Safety, Belonging, Esteem, and Self-Actualization. In Motivating Employees, the best thing you can do as an owner or manager is to consider that each of these five needs could affect decision making by your employees. If someone is choosing to leave early every day, despite having a very strict rule, there's always something going on that's causing that person to feel motivated to take a risk in breaking your rule in order to have some benefit. So rather than just creating a consequence with absolutely no concern to what the actual need is, it might be useful to understand the motivation behind that person's choices. 
And if this is happening with several employees in your company, then there's a good chance that there is an unmet need going on. Maybe your expectation for a schedule that has absolutely no wiggle room is too strict. Maybe there are needs with taking care of family members or appointments that the schedule that you've set up is not fulfilling. There could be a lot of different reasons why employees choose to do things that go against your policies or procedures. It might be really helpful to understand what their motivations are, what their needs are, so that you can make adjustments in the way you're managing your company and have better outcomes. The other point here is that employees are very complex people and they have so much more to offer than just the role they're in. I really think so highly of employees when they're given a chance to contribute their ideas on what the strategic growth opportunities are in a company. And it's likely that they will come up with some things that you've never heard or seen as a top leader. We've also discussed how customers make their purchasing decisions based on an environment that you create, the culture of your company, the process that you use to help guide a customer through the purchasing steps, and that sometimes, without even knowing it, a business owner could create some really big barriers that they might not even be aware of. So consider the needs of your customers in these five categories and look for ways that you can adjust your onboarding process, your even your marketing and sales process, and certainly your customer uh, management process. How are you meeting needs after the purchase is over? So that you can look for ways that could keep a customer engaged rather than potentially losing them because that would certainly require a lot more cost to acquire an additional customer later. So I hope you enjoyed this overview of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. You can find a lot more information on my website with the notes that come with this podcast episode. So just go to laconticonsulting.com slash podcast. That's L-A-C-O-N-T-E consulting.com slash podcast. And if you have ideas for other topics you'd like me to talk about or you have questions about this episode, feel free to leave either a voicemail message on the Anchor app or leave a message or note through my website. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes as we answer the question, what's wrong with your business? Here's to your success. Thank you.